These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. So I told everything and her face dropped. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so mm. they can appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds, and the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. Sometimes you need somebody to just give you permission to say, you just need a little bit of help. I don't think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it. Hello and welcome to Open Journal and to this fortnight's episode. I hope you're well, hope things are good for you at the moment. In this episode, Beth is going to join us, we're going to have a conversation. We're going to talk a little bit about Beth's lived experience with autism, with ADHD, with self-diagnosis to diagnosis and kind of the journey between and a few other things in there as well. Uh, I want to say a big thank you to Beth for coming on and sharing her her lived experience and her insights and I also kind of mentioned like this is although it's the first time Beth has come on it feels like we've had a lot of conversations before this so I think it almost felt like we were a step ahead with some of our conversations I really hope you enjoy this episode it was an amazing conversation I already know there's going to be a second conversation for sure um there's so much more to say this is another slightly longer episode I think because of that, because we're already kind of flowing with the conversations. Ironically, as I think towards the end, um, we talk a little bit about spending too much time on certain tasks and, you know, maybe trying to uh, perfect some things that don't always need to be perfected. Um, and, and this intro is part of that. Like, this is actually, I think, the eighth or ninth uh, recording for the intro, even though it's only like a minute long it's like the ninth time I've recorded it um, because there were slight imperfections with the other ones and there's slight things with this one, but I'm going to stick it in. This one's staying. Um, yeah, a, a really cool conversation. Uh, like I say, a big thank you to Beth for coming on, for sharing her insights. As always, if you want to find out more about Beth, we mentioned some of her links and the places you can go to follow her at the end. They're also in the show notes as well. As always, if you enjoy the episode, please do leave a review on your podcast platform of choice. And if you're inspired by Beth and would like to come on and share your own insights, your own lived experience, your own thoughts or expertise, please do have a look at the website, which is openjournalbc.com. And you can find out how what goes on in terms of kind of the preparation to be a guest if you would like to do that. So there's opportunities to get involved as well. And as always, thank you so much for continuing to support download subscribe to the podcast and doing all of that amazing stuff thank you for being here here's our amazing conversation (laughs) 
it ha- it's really nice to to sit down and to have a conversation. I think you're you're one of a few people now actually where I feel like we've had on and off conversations online a few times or we've been part of similar conversations, but never had the opportunity just to sit down and and actually t- for us to talk. Um, so I'm really looking forward to just having a chat with you really. Um, but that's my side. How how are you? How's the last kind of couple of days been for you? What's been going on for you recently? I'm good thank you and thank you ever so much for having me I do I feel like I know you because we've like I think we've like coexisted in the same like spaces um and so no I'm really grateful to kind of be here talking to you um and yeah like the last couple of days have been pretty good um yeah like I mean the last couple of months have been quite kind of tricky but actually the last week has been okay I've started a new job so that's that's quite good it's very um uplifting and um yeah quite exciting so not too bad how about you yeah yeah not too bad we were just saying like, I've just had a week of, of annual leave and been very busy during it sort of feels like you're so busy it's, it's not really bu- there have been moments of rest in there which has been quite nice and it's been good to have some time to focus on on a certain thing like with the blog awards coming up in the summer having a bit of actual focus time to go through stuff there has been good so yeah, it's been quite nice. Um, it feels like a I th- like there's been that gradual change through the spring of like stuff opening up and feeling more comfortable with certain things and just yeah. generally, I don't know if it's ignorance, just feeling a bit more positive <laughs> about things. Um, I don't think it's ignorance. I think it's nice. I think it's nice that everyone is feeling a bit more positive mm. and that we can go out and we can look forward to things. I think like mentally so many of us have just been looking forward to being able to look forward to yeah. stuff for so long that actually now it's coming we can you know we can go out with family and friends we can go on holiday we can do all those things that we've all missed and that actually are quite beneficial for us uh, definitely from that like from the well-being side as well like we spend so much time talking about kind of engaging with these things that now actually I guess depending on what they are you might have even been able to do them for the most part of the last year now um, there have been a lot of, uh, yeah, yeah, probably a year of being able to do anything that's outside. That's been pretty yes. possible. Um, but it still feels weird to kind of um, engage with some of those things. It's getting used to um, re-engaging and I think finding some of those situations um, challenging for different reasons as well. Like I would say yeah. for myself, it's been like the last two years have been great for remote working like actually it's worked really yes. nicely um but it has meant that some of those situations that I would have just not thought about in the past are now a little bit more tricky yeah. um so it'd be interesting to like how have you found kind of the last couple of months of like things really getting going again and um particularly I guess with having a new job like some of those environments change like how's that been for you recently yeah good it's I mean um you know where I my previous role um I started in like October 2019 and then March came and they were like okay no more office and it was like oh okay um and so actually got used to like everybody else I've got I got used to sort of working from home and being remote um it was still nice to see people but um I actually realized as well that how much how draining it is to actually be around people all of the time or the office environment so actually hybrid working is quite nice um and my new role is um more hybrid and a little bit of office kind of based um but I think you know it was really interesting me and my colleague were talking about um work-life balance and how you know hybrid work has meant a work-life balance but actually 
I've read things where it's gone the other way. So people don't have a work-life balance because they can't switch off or they work on their sofas and they can't you know, close the door on the office for the day and they keep doing work when they shouldn't. And it's it's things like that, actually, that you're like, oh, now it's a bit of a, it's a cool just kind of discussion point, I think. I mean, what what do you think about sort of hybrid working? How is it sort of being for you? Would you prefer to go back into the office? <laughs> um yeah yeah yes and no I guess it, it depends yeah. like I'd I'd say I've had big periods now where um I'm mm. going in for something so I'll go in for a meeting yes. or to pick up resources or to check in on something but as soon as I've done that whether that's half an hour three hours however long yes I'm like I've done that I, I'm going home now I'm not just hanging around yes. for the sake of it yeah um I think yeah I think that's what people are struggling with, aren't they? I think they're struggling because there's that go into the office and then you go, okay, cool, but what do I do? And I think we've become so good at at sort of managing our time in that respect because we know now like how long things will take. Like my partner worked out being an accountant that um, it's, I think he said he would spend nearly seven hours a week or something traveling, which is would equate to like a, a, month of work or something spent in the car like and you just think wow actually cutting that out and being able to do that from home not being anxious in the car when you have to wait in traffic or not being kind of frustrated when you get to work actually being able to just get to your computer and feel quite refreshed it's probably quite reassuring I I think it's that side of um actually just reflecting like you said originally that it's reflecting on how how does this impact on you Uh, it's we yes. can have and we can definitely have some lovely conversations about how it can affect people but because you can spiral mm. off into so many different positives and negatives of pretty much anything yes um i think it's having that time to reflect on how are you impacted by yeah. working from home or working from your dining room table or mm. your bed or from a study or from going into work um mm. because i've definitely noticed the side of massive benefit both financially and time-wise mm-hmm. of having less travel yes. that's great amazing yeah. however I do also in the morning I would say it's okay but the end of the day can be a struggle to switch yeah. off because I'm not stopping closing the laptop getting in a car and driving for half an hour 40 minutes yes it's like okay close the laptop step into the next room <laughs> it's not really yes. the same close the door yeah. <laughs> um so it's learning like oh okay actually that I need a uh, a routine or an action or something that yeah. is a gradual wind down from the day um because there's definitely yes. been times when I think oh, I've, I've um I've sort of worked a little bit past when I should have worked and then I've gone well actually it's almost dinner time so let's go and start doing food we'll do food and then have food yes. and then it's like right okay well that all none of that felt like leisure it was just like making and eating yes. was just like part of the work day almost like in my head yes. and I just yeah. get to it's half past seven eight o'clock and I feel like I've just worked up until now yeah. and it's and you feel quite wired don't mm. you You feel like you know like your anxiety is through the roof and you don't obviously don't want like you said before you'd probably you do that close the laptop leave mm. be able to have half hour of just sort of like decompress get in the house and be like right now what do I want for dinner oh I'll put my comfies mm. on or like, and now it's like you said there's not that time where you can do that so you yeah you close laptop and you're like oh no I've got to make dinner oh uh, <laughs> and it's it's more of a chore yeah. than it used to be yeah you've not got that change of 
I guess like a physical change of location but also the the mm. oh, I don't know enough about the brain there's a, a thing of like physically moving forward helps you yeah. process certain things and I think yes. that must feed into gradually working through those things from work where you're rounding off maybe not necessarily maybe a conversation with yourself but also kind of just those are yes. the things I'm thinking of okay I've now like worked yeah. through them I'm now home I've kind of switched off or I've made my last notes and I'm yeah. now you know doing whatever I'm doing at home um mm. yeah it's definitely a, a journey and I think that's still happening now because people are also yeah change it like there's more people going back into work either kind of full-time mm. or gradually so it's also relearning like if you're fortunate enough um to have that opportunity to kind of dictate mm. some of how you work yes um it, yeah it's a good time I think to keep reflecting reflecting on that as well and for some workplaces mm. the massive benefit of not having to basically home as many people during yes. the workday absolutely it's um and as well as as a newly diagnosed autistic person now I'm actually realizing that when I'm in an office and there's lots of people there's lots of like it's really bright it's really loud there's a lot going on I actually get quite overwhelmed by it all so actually having home working I'm a bit like oh okay okay so I'm I'm okay in an office but I need to go home and just sit by myself (laughs) and just like yeah actually calm Mm. you know It's, it's yeah it's a funny thing isn't it and we never thought we'd be doing and now we've sort of becoming a way of life and that sort of thing isn't it, it feel, I think it feels a lot more accepting um mm. it's, yes. it's things that could have happened and or from my point of view it feels like a lot of things that could yeah. have happened anyway but didn't for whatever reason mm. um there, there's now a bit more um adaptation for individual people's needs or situations um yes. I would personally I would say that's probably because the workplace can afford to do that and go actually if five of you want to work from home and we can have five left less desks here we don't mind that Mm, yeah yeah Um, but that's just me (laughs) me thinking about that um but it's interesting but you're probably right but it's really funny isn't it as employees sometimes we might be like isn't that so that's great that is that's so kind of them Mm. and like you said actually it might be a business side of that with actually we could do with five less desks, which means we can get a smaller building. So, yeah, it kind of works for a lot of people. Yeah, I think. there's both sides. Yeah, there's definitely uh, at least two sides to those. At least yeah, <laughs> at least two to those situations. <laughs> um, but you mentioned at the beginning, like you've, you've kind of started a, a new job and lots of changes. And uh, um, there's a lot of things I know that you you speak about in terms of your lived experience with um, with mental health. It'd be interesting for particularly for people that maybe haven't kind of come across some of your stories before to hear a little bit about who you are Beth and kind of what's been going on for you yeah certainly so um I started kind of my mental health like journey or experience um like in 2017 when I got a diagnosis of borderline personality disorder or um emotionally unstable personality disorder um which is kind of like a mood condition affects kind of how you see and feel about the world and and how you process things within it um and so when I kind of got that diagnosis I was really like oh my gosh this is it this is why I have never felt like I fit in or like why I can't understand what's going on in the world why I can't like have proper emotions like everyone else I get it this is great 
Um, and then I actually started going to see a counsellor who um, is super lovely. And I told her about the diagnosis and she was like, whoa, hang on. She's like, I, I, I genuinely don't think that's it. And I was like, oh, OK, but this is it. This is what they told me. And she's like, no, I has anyone ever told you you might be autistic? And I was like, no. <laughs> um isn't that just for boys and she's like no it is not just for boys um and so she kind of talked me through it and said you know I really think you are and here's why um and she said go away and have a look at it see what you think and um so she booked or she she told me to book to go see somebody private to have an autism assessment and I did and this was in 2017 and the lady told me that my eye contact was too good I wasn't male enough um and that I didn't struggle enough in life to be autistic so goodbye um and that was kind of that and when I asked her to kind of send me a breakdown or a review she said no that's what I'm telling you so off you go so I kind of gave up on it um on on that anyway for quite a while until um like everybody else in 2020 when lockdown hit um started to struggle a bit tried to access services like so many other people um and just kind of failed uh, mental health services just wouldn't talk to me um every time that I said to them I really really think I need a reassessment of my BPD because my counsellor thinks I'm autistic they kept saying there are people worse off than you love like you know come on it the diagnosis you've got is what you've got. We're treating you with the medication for what you've got. That's it. And and I was kind of like, oh right, okay, that no one's listening. Um, and so again, counsellors said, right, you know, I think you need to look at um, seeing if you can refer yourself for an autism assessment and ADHD. I was like, whoa, ADHD, hang on. Um, and she was like, trust me, do one of the self tests, and you'll see what I mean. And actually, when I'm sitting there doing the tests, I'm like oh, this is very me. Oh my goodness. It's like me on a piece of paper. And so I told my fiance who was like, let me have a look. He was like, good. Whoa. Okay. This is, you. this is definitely you on a bit of paper. You need to be assessed. Um, and so I asked uh, local NHS services who laughed at me and said, yeah, we don't have that. And I was like, okay, so what do I do? And they were like, yeah, I don't know. And I was like, so what happens when adults come to you and they think they're ADHD and they went, don't know, uh, not sure. Which was so I made a complaint to the health board because I was so annoyed that not for me, but for all those other people, because they must have been. She said there were a lot of people asking. Um, anyway, I went private and he assessed me straight off and said, yeah, ADHD, definitely. Um, and then in December 2021, I was diagnosed as autistic and they said even then, definitely ADHD. But trying to get the misdiagnosis taken off my records took four months. Um, and to try and get them to take me off medication that I actually never needed, I'm still on it. <laughs> so I talk a lot about um, misdiagnosis because of being told I had BPD, which I thought, you know, was right at the time and then realised actually it was it was really wrong for me. Um, and being put on antipsychotic medication because they thought I was delusional when I never was delusional. I've never had sort of like delusions and things. And I kept trying to tell them and they were like, no, no, can keep taking it, keep taking it. Um, and then my sort of my counsellor was saying to you know about um, self-diagnosis, which is quite it's it can be quite controversial because the premise obviously is you can't diagnose yourself. You're, you're not a doctor, but in the autistic community, she was telling me um, self-diagnosis is 
kind of acceptable and it's and it's validated by a lot of people because people a lot of people can't access a di formal diagnosis so a lot of women have trouble being diagnosed people of color gender identity or like so many different people who are not male or you know young or you know they have real trouble and so she said you know this is something that a lot of people do and she said it actually helps them collect their thoughts collect their experiences and when they're formally diagnosed they can present them and say this is how I, these are the things that I really struggle with or I'm really good at I think I might be autistic um, and so I started to talk about this um, and one of my I didn't really think anyone was listening and then one of my Instagram reels hit like 10,000 people and I was like oh wow this is something people really are talking about um and there are a lot and a lot of people that will contact me are um women uh or female and they say no one's listening I think I'm autistic they've told me I've got BPD but I, I don't think I do I'm highly medicated I don't know what to do about it um and they're just kind of stuck in the limbo kind of not really sure what to do and so that's what I do through my videos which I try to make as uplifting as possible um try to say to people like you know you can't diagnose but you can identify like I identified with so many members of the autistic community because they're just beautiful people and they are so positive and optimistic that like you know they're watching what they did and the things they shared I was like oh my goodness like I found my people like yes to all of these things um and it's just, you know, it is brilliant to be able to kind of speak to those people and learn, you know, from this community. Um, but also listen to a community of people who can't get a diagnosis because it's so hard to get one. Like I was on a waiting list for 12 months, which I thought at the time was the end of the world. But actually, it really wasn't. And, that, and the process for me was actually quite straightforward before I got really impatient. Um, but... <laughs> But, you know, it's it's not something readily available to everybody. And that's kind of why, even though now I'm, I'm formally diagnosed, I still talk about it because I think it's important. It's a very long winded no, way of <laughs> telling you my story. No, thank you. Sorry. <laughs> thank you for sharing that. I think um, it's, it's a really I think the self-diagnosis is a really interesting talking point. Like you say, different people will come at it with um different lived experiences that will impact yes. on how they feel or how they think about that um and I think for me I find it particularly interesting mm. and unavoidable to talk about self-diagnosis without kind of identifying what someone is um self-diagnosing themselves with and what their background is yes for the, for the exact yes. reasons that you've mentioned um mm. and I guess depending on how they speak about that I think it can be really important for me personally that someone mm. that is speaking from self a self-diagnosed point of view that kind of clarifies that's where they're speaking from um yes because it makes a difference as to um rightly or wrongly whether they have been diagnosed by a medical professional with a particular condition yes. and as you've very um well illustrated that isn't always a correct diagnosis um but it is something that's been identified by a medical professional which yeah. theoretically is the best we can do um yes but I, but I also like when I I did when I say to people about misdiagnosis and they go god that's terrible um it's not it's not intentional I think that's what I like to kind of say to people like 
people medical professionals don't do it out of spite and they don't do it because they can't be bothered or whatever it's because they gen that's what they genuinely think they see and that's what they tell you and you know maybe in 2017 I presented differently to what I did in 2021 so yeah just like it's nothing against like anybody because it's just it's just human it's not human error it's just you know like they want to help you so much and I, I do always appreciate the help that I did have even from people who you know, did get it wrong, mm. but it's it's okay because now I kind of understand why they would. It's part of me. that <laughs> journey as well, isn't it? Like you become yes. more articulate. You also become more informed and more able to speak yes. about what you're experiencing over time. And part yes. of allowing or informing you to do that was from an possibly from an original diagnosis as well. That will have helped yes. inform kind of where you were. Yeah. Um, but I do think one of the other things you mentioned there as well, kind of the um what I would describe as sometimes more complex illnesses or situations that people are in yes um are Mm. are harder to diagnose they are harder to identify yes they personally I would question probably wrongly but I would question whether people are wary of diagnosing you with something more complex when they think actually this is maybe an easier thing to to kind of pigeonhole you with um we we think you've got this it could be something but this feels more likely so we'll we'll put you here um and I think sometimes that's the the side that I feel like I see with so many people being diagnosed with depression anxiety um and kind of other similar or similar to me um illnesses when not to say they're not experiencing Mm -hmm. symptoms that match that Yes. But it might not be that they actually have anxiety. It might be that they have something else that is causing anxiety yes. symptoms or something else that is causing um, yeah. like low mood or depression symptoms. Yeah. Um, and I think because though some of those things are more, mm. more, yeah, more complex in my mind, they are harder to treat and yes. harder to support. There yeah. is potentially a slight aversion to to going down that yeah. and you are left in a situation where um had conversations with other people where it's like okay well we can treat you for this within three months or you can kind of hang around and maybe be assessed for this in like two yeah. years okay well I'm probably <laughs> yeah. gonna go for the thing that gives me support sooner <laughs> the thing that's quicker yeah and you know what like it, I genuinely like I don't blame people at all um I really don't I think it's it is so difficult for them and especially as well like I'm a diagnostic nightmare because i basically would I met you know I am autistic with ADHD but a lot of ADHD symptoms cross over with BPD <laughs> um and so yeah it, it was something they could never put their finger on they were like oh you, you match this one you match this one you do not match this but we don't understand what this is and why are you looking over there like it it was very difficult for them um which I took which I completely understand and I've um I actually had a meeting with some high ups in the health board our local health board recently to talk to them about you know um kind of what went what kind of went on and I said I'm not here to rant I'm not here to have a go I just want to tell you my experience because I don't know if you know that um and then for I to kind of talk to them they were like yeah no we don't know that and you know oh my goodness well what medication is it and why are you still on it and why didn't we do this and why didn't we do that and I was like I don't know but it's good you're asking mm. the questions mm. so you know and I think all you can do is tell people and then they can you know do what they need to do Definitely. and I think there there is that reliance on 
on people to come forward and to share their for loads of different yes. reasons and different situations yes um because i think it does it supports people particularly that maybe yeah you know early first conversations or struggling to identify yeah kind of what's going on with me or there's a i've heard someone else speak yes okay my thing maybe isn't the same as theirs but like they're having that sort of a conversation so i can also maybe yes. have a similar conversation where i open yeah. up about the things that I might find difficult or struggle with yes and that like do you know what like I feel so privileged that so many people will message me on Instagram and say oh my goodness you're the first person I've said this to but I think I might be autistic or I might have ADHD and I'm like I completely like I I'm so, I feel so humbled that you would want to share that with me and that you would want to kind of start that conversation and they sort of said you know Ah, it's really difficult to kind of have that with people you know whereas you can talk to somebody you don't know who might have similar experiences and be able to you know to kind of share that um but one thing I have come up against I don't know if you have ever come up against this or any of your kind of listeners um my I've been accused of um my story being fake news oh in yeah oh, interesting I've <laughs> I don't think not like fully so <laughs> Very often, okay. <laughs> I I would say very often there are conversations around like people, um, I guess faking symptoms. I yes. would say rather than yes. like a a, a a full illness, um, and yes. I particularly I would say these conversations usually evolve around the workplace, or that's where I'm having these conversations yeah. of. Um, okay. like people taking advantage that's of systems or extra days off and things yes. like that. And I find that just like wild to some extent because Isn't it? I'm like, right, okay, <laughs> but you don't seem to have that concern about people having days off for the flu or like back aches or whatever. Yes. You just accept, yes, some people milk the system and we hope that we kind of weed those people out with yes. recruitment. Um, the yes. people that are here want to be here, work when they can. And then when yes. they can't, they don't. Okay, cool. Yeah. Like it's just <laughs> the idea that this one particular thing one this one particular aspect of health is somehow more yep. susceptible I think personally it's a personal opinion I think says yeah. more about the person asking the question of are people taking yes. advantage it says more about their understanding or education of of yeah. mental health and people that are experiencing that than Definitely. the people that I've supporting. had a lot of conversations I was going to say I've had a lot of conversations or people like sort of starting conversations um, who like genuinely I think they really think that they are kind of like um, weeding out the people who are, who are sharing fake stories and, and that and you know you can't fault them for their kind of I don't know their kind of um, thoughts on that um, but a lot of people have said like TikTok apparently is really but mm -hmm. I'm not on TikTok I'm far too old but um, <laughs> I can't look out to use it but like a lot of younger people have said to me, like, you're faking this. And I'm like, no, I have a diagnosis of this. This is why I share like my story, mm. you know. And if you're if you if you're not comfortable with it or you don't like it, you you don't have to follow me mm. and that's fine. And they're like, oh no, well, I've seen somebody going around on TikTok saying, and I'm like, I'm really worried for those people, like genuinely, because if there are people, like you said, who are kind of faking it to get attention like that's really sad <laughs> like that's that's what I feel really sad for those people and that like I don't know that, that they're getting a lot of kind of like pushback or yeah, you know like, that sort of thing it's a really tricky one isn't I it I think it comes <laughs> for me it would a lot of things come back to like the um like the purpose of so it's like yes um if 
if they are lying or exaggerating a situation mm. like what's the impact of that okay like yes if if they are still prompting people to consider their own health or the support that they might need yeah actually that well that's kind of been a positive outcome not, okay. not how I would yeah. have got there but okay um <laughs> but you know <laughs> like I just it's why why does it matter to you the truth yeah. of someone else's story um if it's yeah. if it's not da- like it obviously different if it has some sort of damaging impact mm. of um kind of highlighting misconceptions or or mistruths yeah. about illnesses and symptoms mm. that's different and that sometimes does come from exaggerations of lived experience because yeah. that's not necessarily the experience they've had um mm. but i think it's yeah why why does it why does it matter to you and yeah sometimes it's a okay I don't necessarily believe or engage in that person's story just Mm. don't follow them or don't support the stuff that they do you don't necessarily need to hound them or follow up because you don't know what that person's lived experience is I've definitely had conversations with people in the past where Mm. the um the symptoms or the experiences they've spoken about have not been uh, true to the extent that they've spoken about them however yeah. quite clearly there is a reason why they have exaggerated the situation yes. and that in itself mm. to me is that's a different illness or a different that's a different thing. yeah that's just, a different call for yeah, help just because it? it's not the thing yeah. that you can see that doesn't mean there isn't a need uh uh a struggle or a situation or a lived experience yes. there and it's like oh well, if I can't see it or I can't understand it then it's not valid it doesn't exist and it's like well yeah that's that's about <laughs> you that's not about them yeah um and I yeah I, it's what's the reason for the interaction if it's just you don't believe someone mm. a different if you're in a workplace or a social group that's engaged yes. maybe there yeah, yeah definitely there's a conversation to be had there if it's someone you've just seen online like just don't share their stuff or or don't engage with it like it's not for you for whatever reason you're not connecting with it maybe because it isn't true that could be possible um it's I just I think or I I feel like I'm of another generation um where like actually when you when you sort of say like I'm sharing my story because I want to help other people which is now which is you do a great job when you like sharing people's stories and helping other people um but yeah it is quite sad that like actually creators who are trying to like who probably are like doing it for kind of good reasons are being kind of called out for for it being fake news mm. but then like you said that's more the people doing that I than think it is so I think people creating yeah, you're always <laughs> gonna get I think you will all it's different people different personalities isn't it like some people yes. will maybe speak up about their story because they see the advantages that it might gain them in terms of mm. um attraction or attention because they're talking about something yeah. particularly I would say over the last three to five years has become more socially acceptable yeah. to speak about um and there are there are a number of programs now that highlight um celeb well-known people let's go with well-known people um rather than celebrities people, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that talk about well-known people and their lived experiences of particular yes. illnesses and symptoms it's like oh I see mm. them talking about it so if I talk about it maybe my following will increase yeah maybe yeah. maybe it will like I'd but I'm not too fast yeah, that just yeah. that story and yeah that's not for me like there are plenty of other people yeah. that are 
struggling to share their story or trying to share their story yeah. with a smaller audience or less support to do that those are the people I would yeah. rather talk with or hear their stories it's not to say yes I don't believe or don't want to support those other people talking about it. it's just actually that's not yeah. a conversation I'm as interested or as engaged yes. in um, and I think it's finding your place if you really want to see people that you've seen on tvs or that produce like well-known mm. films or music or whatever talking about it and that works for you because you feel like actually yeah. I can talk to my friend or my family member and they might have also seen this program and it makes it a bit yes. more of a relatable conversation does it really matter like how much you it's it started the conversation yeah that's how I would Absolutely. approach those but I'm also probably quite fortunate in that I've very rarely if ever have seen a story that I found particularly offensive or um like yeah. untrue like if it's not for me I've already mm. decided not to watch it probably um yeah absolutely so it's it's difficult and some of those also there's some where I've got to the stage now where I'm like I just I don't need to see that like I would probably find it really interesting yes. because there are similarities this person is talking about their lived experience to things that I have mm. experienced but I just don't need to see that. Um, and there can yeah. be a balance of, of like you, when you're engaged with some of these conversations on a regular basis, there mm -hmm. has to be a time when you switch off or disengage. And that might yes. be a social conversation. It might be the things that you watch or listen to. And it's like, there's mm. times and places for those things. You don't need to always be focused on, on this. And I think that is a harder thing for yeah. people. If you're a campaigner or an activist, around yes. mental health that's a harder thing sometimes yeah. to switch off from it's like the switching off isn't it I think as well you know and it'll even be people who send lovely like such lovely messages and I literally I'm like ah, I'm so tired but they need a response you know and that's like you know it's yeah it is a bit of that kind of that fine line but I mean you know which like you know on the point that you made really in the last three to five years people are talking a lot more openly which is kind of what we want what we've been talking you know what we've all like as a community been talking about you know people need to be more open about their mental health and here they are yeah <laughs> which is good yeah i think part of it's positive. part of part of more conversations does mean different lived experiences yeah. different insights people that have experienced stuff you've got no idea about some that have experienced very similar things to mm -hmm. you but have had a very different reaction to it that's yes. what you're going to hear yeah. if you have more conversations sometimes I think what people might want maybe even subconsciously it's not always more mm. conversation it's I want to hear more people that have a similar outlook to me and, and yeah. I want to find my place like maybe previously you yeah. had your group of people that you talk to about music or tv shows or or like yes. social activities and they're like but now this is quite a big part of my life because it's a big part of my health or how I live or mm. um I would like a circle that can talk about this um yeah it can take a little while sometimes to find your people I guess yeah but it's lovely when you do it's lovely when you find you know your people and like you know they are just genuinely nice people who really are just like I think I've heard I've, I've sort of seen the phrase written in so many I feel seen like I feel heard like oh my goodness like I've been waiting for someone to talk about this so that I can talk about it 
and oh I hope it doesn't sound silly but and I'm like it never sounds silly like mm-hmm. <laughs> and also like for something like self-diagnosis which is like can be quite a sort of controversial topic at times it's like it's more about you like it's like autistic self-diagnosis for me was about me it wasn't about anybody else but it was about me and like how I was kind of learning a bit more about myself in order to hopefully be formally diagnosed and that's what I tried to tell people like you know it's not it isn't for anybody else it mm. is just anything like diagnosis or no diagnosis or whatever it is you know it's personal to you mm. it's like your experience and your story like don't let somebody else rewrite your story because they don't like what you're saying like you know it is your story and if you feel comfortable sharing it, then that's fine and if you want to look for more support and that's okay too like uh, or if you know or if you don't want to talk about it yet that's also fine it's it's just accommodations I yeah suppose. I think it's that side <laughs> isn't it of, I I, I... I guess I wonder rather than I know I wonder whether sometimes people think oh you're sharing your story you are somehow um trying to tell people about this is what this is what the um the illness or the symptoms or the situation is um when actually what you're saying is this is my experience experience. and I see a lot of people because that's my preferred terminology I also notice it quite a lot of even when people are (laughs) diagnosed they will still say this is my experience if you are also diagnosed your experience can be like completely different completely different um but I feel like it's something that um I notice more when people are talking about self-diagnosis because it feels like, Mm. oh, I've got to make sure people are aware. I'm talking about my situation because there is that assumption made often that, oh, just because you're talking about, I don't know, say you've chosen to talk, well, say you've chosen to talk about autism or um, a particular, uh, you're talking about autism and depression. And it's like, oh, okay, yes. so you're talking about these two things. So it implies mm. you know everything about them, about all the symptoms, all the treatments. And it's like, no, it's just yeah. I'm talking about my experience, which happens yes. to include diagnosis or reference yeah. to these things Yeah. in the same way. But you wouldn't make the same assumptions of if yes. I talk about a particular sport, I'm talking about the things that I know about that sport or my connection to it. Yes. Not I know everything. I'm not talking about that. I know everything. Or I support every single team <laughs> yes. within this sport. No, no. Yeah. it's no. this is my experience no, no. and this is what I think about it. Rightly or wrongly, yeah. this is my um, impression or understanding of it. Definitely. And the amount of times that I've sort of said to people, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not a medical professional. Like, I don't have medical training. Like, this is personal experience. This is like you said it's it's personal to me this is my like what's happened to me however yours could be totally different um and that's what I try to tell people when they tell me that my story is fake news and I'm like okay it's for one it's not fake news and two like again like it your your experience might have been completely different to mine in which case then that's Mm. fine because that's okay Mm. because everyone not everyone's experience would be the same however if it if it is very similar or you know not the same but it's very Mm. similar then I totally understand even more where you're coming from if you know you had a misdiagnosis then you've done this and I I totally get Mm. you um but I do you know it's it's just open-minded and I think because I used to work like working or worked in comms and like social media like when I see things I'm kind of like okay like you don't know somebody's very angry 
about something and it probably isn't me like it's probably they've had a bad day or they've had a bad experience um which is fine so it's just yeah I think sometimes we forget about that there are people behind the screens which is what I try to tell people sometimes you know it's like you know your comments really do make an impact on somebody mm. so if you're going to type out a really angry comment at somebody like it's going to affect them because they're real people like we're at advocates and we're campaigners but we are real people <laughs> it's, you know it's really, and we're doing it because we want to help <laughs> yeah and I think that's one of the things of like the more um almost like the more you share and the more attention that draws mm. then the more negativity kind of comes with that because like you say yeah. it's it's maybe harder for someone to gauge you are an individual mm. and it's almost like you become a like a profile picture that speaks yeah uh, it's like that's yes. kind of as much as it goes like um yeah and like you say we- I have had to say to people because somebody sent me a message saying it is your responsibility to do x y and z and I replied and said with all due respect it's not my respect it's not my responsibility to do anything my responsibility is to myself <laughs> to make sure that the information or my story I'm sharing is as accurate as I believe it to be mm. and that it's helping people it's like so again if you don't if if you don't like it or you don't agree with it then you do not have yeah. to sort of follow me like it there's no kind of mm. you know I won't be angry about yeah. it it's just you know this is kind of how it yeah. is I block and I think we get that a lot yeah. maybe just block me <laughs> and find your own kind of community yeah, find your tribe. yeah, yeah definitely yeah. and I think and it's cool I would rather somebody do that and find people of a similar mm. kind of experience that they can talk about these things with then so sort of, I mean, sometimes I guess it's an outlet, isn't it? You know, if you've been really mad at like the mental health, t- local yeah. mental health team or the system, you want to have a go at somebody and like, I guess sometimes creators are, are those people. But as long as we know how to like sort of handle that. And... Having that. Yeah, it's that. Yeah. Well, not take it personally. Yeah, like, <laughs> I guess we mentioned it. I can't think how earlier when we're talking about like looking after your own well-being as a kind of a mental yes. health advocate, spokesperson, yeah. creator. Um it's it's keeping that in mind like you say you don't we don't know um the the lived experience that people are coming with or the experience they've had that day and I think if anything it's more likely that they're going to have had some negative experience that's why I think a lot of people are drawn to these conversations or the type of support or the community because there hasn't been like there might be now but there hasn't been in the past that um support network or those people for them to talk mm. to or the service for them to access oh, and that's what's led to a lot of our conversations yes. of saying this has worked but this didn't and this was quite difficult and yes. this wasn't there but it is there now and it, it, it's a journey yeah um but everyone's at that at different stages and I think sometimes yes I definitely say there must have been people that were really engaged in talking about this like before I started talking about it but the people that yeah. are part of like my circle or my community are generally people yes. that have, I would say, probably started their journey within a couple of years of the same time that I yeah. did, because they're at a similar yeah. point and having similar conversations to what I'm yes. having or thinking about. And I think yeah. sometimes now where we've got quite well established creators that talk about mental health that are mm-hmm. much further along in their journey and at a different place. Yeah they will not speak from the same point of view as they would have at the beginning of their journey or as the same place as you might be when you're reading or hearing their content. And that sometimes creates a slightly more 
um, difference of opinion or experience than, you know, five years ago when there would have been less people online or less access to people speaking about these conversations. It would have been reliant on who, who do you know in your physical location to talk to? (laughs) Absolutely. Um, There was one, I was going to kind of mention that we've talked a little bit about the, that journey with, um, kind of self-diagnosis to, to diagnosis and I think from my point of view uh, as someone that isn't autistic it does seem like it's mm-hmm. a conversation that is happening more and more often um, yeah. and is something that does feel really difficult and it's alongside I think mm-hmm. other kind of mental health illnesses conditions and, and symptoms that mm-hmm. because it's not uh, anxiety depression and a few of the others yes there's there's less conversation there's less access to support are there mm. certain places that you feel like are, are really useful for people to um, kind of like check their resources or look at their websites that are helpful that do give information or signposts to things that if someone is listening in and thinking oh actually I've I'm kind of thinking or I'm not sure about I'd like to read or find out more are there places that you think are quite useful for people to look at yeah, I, I'm so like, it's so funny. I feel like the la- that lady I'm going to recommend should give me a commission. Um, <laughs> but there's a book called, um, I think I might be autistic. And so my counsellor recommended it to me a couple of years ago. Um, and it's, it's a really thin book, but it's literally you go through and you'll tick, like, um, they'll give you statements and you tick the statements. And then when you start to do that, you're like, oh my goodness, like actually, yeah, I do that. And there's an example of how I do it. How have I not noticed that before? And you go through and you tick and it will help you basically. I think it's supposed to be a tool if you decide to go for formal diagnosis um, that you could take with you or that will help you kind of on the way. Um, So the book is called, I Think I Might Be Autistic by Cynthia Kim. there's also, I mean, I looked a lot on the National Autistic Society's website because I, you know, I just needed kind of information or any kind of support that there was out there. Um, there's also the Autistic Girls Network. So um, but I've learned through my own experience and others that for females, it's a lot more difficult to be diagnosed than it is for males. So I think the Autistic Society on their website have got something like um, for every three boys, one girl diagnosed so it's really difficult and a lot of women who contact me are actually in their mid-20s up to like their 50s I think a lady of like 55 messaged me and she's like I've just been diagnosed who knew (laughs) um (laughs) and it's it's incredible because now I think as, as sort of when I was being assessed, they said to me, clearly you were masking or hiding your traits throughout your life and now it's because of lockdown and because of stress and because of all the kind of dealings with the mental health teams and that your mask has slipped which meant has meant that your your traits have got more obvious and more kind of severe which is how I ended up being assessed so um yeah I mean there's loads of great like content creators out there um on Instagram um there's a lady uh called OT self-care um and she's really good she will almost kind of do um carousel slides about you know certain types of being autistic um and like any sort of help or sources that she's found like she's really good um but yeah it's almost like check make sure that you check your sources if you're suspicious that it's kind of I don't want to say fake news but if it you know check check the sources that you're looking at basically like just to see like steer clear of um 
don't know if I can say of what to steer clear of. I don't know. <laughs> it's your <laughs> it's your opinion. So like I'd say, yeah, you can, okay, be, you can opinion, be right or wrong. It's, I'll source yeah. with that. In my opinion, um, don't I wouldn't go anywhere near um a an organization called Autism Speaks. I would personally um I would kind of steer clear, but anything like National Autistic Society who are like kind of UK based. Um and um there are some really good books out there as well. Um I think there was one that I read which was really good actually because it looked at a lot of different women's experiences called um I think it's Women on the Spectrum. Walking to the beat of your I'll find something out like for that. you. But um it's something like that but yeah that's really good because if you are kind of or like if you are kind of um older and you think maybe you might be autistic but you're not sure like that's a really good one because mm. it covers everything from like home life parenting work um and it was the work one actually when I was busy hyper focusing on all books and everything about being autistic um it was actually the work section that I interrupted my other half like watching a film going look this is me and he was like oh yeah that is you um so they give like this she gives like really handy little tips as well so no it's really interesting thank you for sharing i think it is it's really interesting you mentioned that like the lockdown and like the mask slipping mm. or kind of because i definitely see that side of um like i'm dyslexic and there are things that i'm conscious of that i do as like work around yeah. and there's obviously loads that i'm not conscious of i can't tell you about those because i'm not conscious of them um yeah <laughs> but i definitely like when i've heard people in the past talk about like oh particularly when you're older it's harder because you've worked up ways of workarounds and again some you are yes. more obvious of than or more aware of than others yeah. and it's like well yeah if you've had to live and mask certain things because they've not been supported or you've told been told not to exhibit those um characteristics yeah then yeah you are going to have done that and if you've done that for yes. 20 years you're probably pretty good at it like it's it's going to be well, hard to identify some of those things I mean do you know what? it's the fun it's not funny but you know a lot of the kind of comments I had from professionals was your eye contact is too good but actually I couldn't do it. And actually, I used to have people say, you're looking over my shoulder. What are you looking over my shoulder for? You're, looking at my, you're not looking me in the eyes. And it was really, people get really confrontational about it. And so I had to teach myself to do it. <laughs> so it becomes really uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's there's that sort of perception. And actually, you know, they kept saying to me, and I said, well, I've taught myself to do it. Because, like, if you go to job interviews and you don't look at them, yeah. there are interviews where I just look at my lap yeah. and they were like, okay, thanks, don't come back um so you know you do you put on like a mask that's why I was really good at drama as a kid like I was so good at drama as a kid um and you know I would do that because it was like well I can be somebody else that's really easy because yeah. that's what I do anyway yeah. um and a lot of females kind of find that they actually are like oh this is what I'm supposed to do oh that person's doing that maybe I'll and I used to copy people mm. so that they were like well they're being really cool okay well I'll do the same movements and i'll make sure i do the same whatever mm. so no one catches me out it is so it's, it does feel like it's that side of um mm. like you say because uh if i can see you doing the thing i expect or that i want you to do cool you're like yes. you're fine yeah that's like, it. <laughs> but it doesn't take into account like you say you've you've learned to yes. to mimic behaviors or yes i'm doing this but i'm uncomfortable or unhappy or to yes. some extent, I'm in pain by doing this thing. Yeah. But because you want me to do it, I'm doing it. And it's, it's, I think, yeah, that's a really difficult yeah. place that 
as society we've put people in for a, a range of different conditions yes. this is definitely one of them where oh, you've yeah. kind of been forced to to mask symptoms and then at a later stage for people to say well you don't display them so it's like no but you've told yeah. me I can't display them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you just told me I'm allowed like it was I mean it's so it's not funny but I used to wear sunglasses a lot mm. inside <laughs> and so people were like are you okay and I were like yeah yeah I'm just wearing them like but you've got your sunglasses on inside I'm like yeah because it's too bright and they're like okay but you need to take them off and it, and I would go home with migraine because it would be too bright and too much you know um and so again I found out that so like sensory processing I'm quite sensitive to light and stuff which is why I used to sort of wear it and actually in my last role I would sit there because they had the really you know like the proper office like light like white lights uh, yeah. um and I would sit there and the girls would be like do you want us to turn them off? What can we do? Do you want us to? And they would be so good about it. And I'd be like, no, as long as you don't mind me sitting here looking like a diva, it's fine. Yeah. Um, and we'd make a bit of a joke out of it. But, you know, people would come in the office and just sort of be like, she okay? <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, no, she's a bit sensitive to light. And they were like, oh, okay, cool. Um, so I think we've, where I was anyway, you know, and where I am, that you know, a lot more accepting mm. than like 10, 15 years ago. <laughs> it's finding, <laughs> when they'd be it's like, finding your people, isn't off. it? Like you say, it's finding your people. <laughs> it and, is. And- having that environment understanding mm. I think isn't it but I mean how do you find like is there certain things you've noticed now like you know with dyslexia with your dyslexia and other workarounds mm. like in particular that you were like oh I didn't know I did that um are there things that I didn't know I I don't know I don't think so I think I'm aware of most of the things that I'm conscious of like I know that yeah. if there are times when it's like oh I'll struggle with um either getting a word out verbally or trying to work out what the right yeah. word is for something and instead of getting it I'll just go okay well I'll just change yeah. the whole sentence or the whole paragraph or whatever oh, we'll wow. just we'll change all that yeah. because I can't work out what the right phrasing or the right word is for yes. that. um yeah I think that's one that I notice quite a lot because it will come up <laughs> especially with like written work yeah it's like Oh, I just, yeah yeah um it's funny as well because um so I used to st- uh, like you know a, a very like some of the sort of stereotype and that the medical professionals kept saying you can't be autistic because you know you weren't very good at maths and science as a kid or you're not very logical and like it was completely the opposite it wasn't I was not good at it I I'm well my my counselor was like I think you're dyscalculic which is like dyslexia with numbers yeah. like I I genuinely my poor parents every time there was mass homework I would just like have a complete meltdown and be oh. rocking and crying and my son be like but it's okay they're just numbers I'm like I can't see the numbers and like it, it would genuinely be really distressing and now that I've sort of like mum has like sort of been through that process now where she's like oh well that makes more sense um and that's why I'm marrying an accountant <laughs> so I never have to do maths again <laughs> That is not the solution, but it's my solution. Oh, dear. I just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Crazy, isn't it? <laughs> it's amazing what you'll do. Like, I know, yeah. It's, yeah, the different oh, reactions we have, different reactions we have to things as well. Like, I've, I can, yeah. I find sometimes, uh, like, the way other people do things and they're like, oh, that's, um, I like, we won't worry too much about that or that can be written however and I'm like because it's such a hard yeah. thing to work out for me I'm yeah. like how can you not give that like more attention um 
like I I yes. think everyone finds it a lot easier to read through someone else's work than their own because you've not had that mm. journey with it you're not misreading it as much when it's yeah it's new um but yeah I there are times going through stuff and I'm just like why why have they written it like that I feel uh, I think a lot yeah. more conscious of noticing the things that I deem as errors in other people's work and it's like and yeah. it's sometimes going it doesn't matter like they actually don't care and it doesn't matter if it's wrong and it's like but I would be so annoyed because I know it's the things that you get stuck on and it's like okay okay it doesn't actually matter but oh really it does to me yeah it does so much (laughs) I know like my boss used to keep giving me she'd be like um I won't give you reports to do because the numbers would be like completely wrong. I say to her, like, and I noticed again, lockdown, I noticed a lot more that I was like, oh my gosh, like I really do struggle. Even as a, even as an adult mm. numbers completely blow my mind. Um, and even like simple maths, I'm like, yeah, no, can't do that. I have literal brain fog. And so, you know, she'd say to me like, I'll do the reports, you know, with the stats and that. Okay, great. But then last minute she'd be like, oh no, okay. I forgot. Can you do it? And I'd be like, ah. yeah. It's like oh, oh god um and so whereas you know my other half would go great numbers um I'd be like I can't do it I have almost like sort of like blindness in terms of like how am I going to do this I don't know if you do the same like where you're like I'm just going to put it off until I can't put it off anymore and then work out how I'm going to do it because I can't like I can't keep telling her like I just can't do numbers it's giving so I just kind of go with it it's giving you enough <laughs> um enough condition like, like yeah or like or conditions like, around yeah. the thing like a lot of mine now are yes. like I want enough time to be able to do this properly like I'm not really interested in doing it can be something that other people think is bad or not great that's okay but yeah. I've got to be happy with it as a finished yes. thing and to for me to be happy with it I'll need a certain amount of time and then when someone's yes. like oh we we want to do this tomorrow and you're like but I don't want to do that (laughs) (laughs) but do you find like I don't know if you find the same thing like I find then I'm a real perfectionist like I will stare at those numbers until I can stare no more um and I'm like if they're not if they don't add up they're not perfect they can't go and I end up sitting there for hours and then I send it and she's like yeah these numbers don't make sense I'm like I'd like, like to think I've got better. I definitely, I definitely am like that in that I would sit and reminisce yeah. and cycle around on something. Yes. But I've also, I think, spent enough time with people that are the complete opposite now to go that my the amount of time and investment I'm putting emotionally into this, yeah, it will only improve slightly. So I, I have yeah. to be okay with if this is at 70 or 80 percent. And to get it up to like 90 is going to take a, a huge amount of time. Yeah. I've just got to be okay with it at this because there are too many other things that the investment in this will then yeah. take away from those other things. Um, but that can it, be a really yeah. tricky thing, particularly if you're like emotionally yeah. or mentally invested in something to go. It's going to take a lot more to jump this up. Yeah. And that then means I can't do those other things it's hard to have that balance yeah. I think it's hard and like especially now actually I've been a perfectionist like 
my entire life and didn't realise. Like my mum, I thought she was just being really mean when she told me I couldn't do um, art for GCSE. And when like recently, only recently, she was like, you do realise that's because you're an absolute perfectionist. You would do nothing else but that one thing. And you needed to pass to GCSEs, not just art. And so like, we've, you know, I was chatting to the lady doing the autism assessment when she sort of rang and said, okay, so the diagnosis is yes. Um, and I was like, I don't know how to do life, but like, you know, not a perfect level. I've even got actually... I'm just going to show my, my post-it note. Um, she actually said to me to put post-it note on the desk for anyone else who's a perfectionist. Uh, not perfect, just good enough. So she said, doesn't need to be mm. perfect because it can never be perfect, but it has to be good enough. She said, eight, like, you know, 50, 60% is totally fine. Other than that, like, you're getting into perfection territory. Nobody's perfect. Mm. And it was like, it was lovely. And I really was like, that's the loveliest piece of advice. And so it is on my desk for when I have those moments where I'm like, that's one of those things though, isn't it? Where I think send it. <laughs> there's there's an aspect of that message that's relevant to everyone. Definitely. Yes. However, the way in which someone with maybe autism or or other conditions yeah. are affected by that, or how difficult a decision it is to go, actually, I will stop when it's 60 or 70%. That's a really hard, it's not just a case of going, oh, I would yeah. like it to be perfect. And actually, I feel like a sense of pride over this. It's it's not that. Yeah. It's the way my brain works and the way that I think yes. means it's 100% or failure. That's a very yes. different mindset. And I think it's, it's, it's yeah. understanding that as well. And that's really difficult when you're talking about lived experience, yeah. because oh, yeah. they're often from a personal point of view I would say there isn't a hundred percent of anything no but if that's part of how someone thinks or judges their journey or their recovery oh my gosh how difficult is that journey then because yeah they're almost seeking out or require something that I would say personally is almost impossible um so it's a very different journey and a very different process that people will go through Definitely. And I, I, you know, I don't know about you or any of the guys actually probably who were like sort of have nominated or put themselves forward for blog awards. Like writing a blog post takes forever because I literally wait until I see when I edit on WordPress to see the little SEO go green and the readability go green. And then I'm like, okay, I can send it now. Even if it's not really what I wanted to do, it's good for SEO. That makes no sense. It means, it, I guess it comes back to that purpose. Doesn't it? Like if it means more people are going to see it and read it and benefit yes. from it. Um, I, yeah, I would now go, I've got too many things to do. <laughs> I was like, I've I written the thing oh I want to write. Goodness. I've corrected most of the spelling yeah. mistakes. Yeah, I'll leave it for, oh I, I'm getting better at like, I've written it. I'm going to leave it for a week. Come back. Oh, you're read so it. good. But it's only because I don't post very often now um that I can do that and um particularly if it's like a lived experience thing where I feel like Mm. there are aspects of this that maybe the reader doesn't necessarily know but for me like they were quite a heavy emotional point yeah um actually I would like to leave it a little while and read it back and go yep I'm okay with that that's fine because I'm at a different stage now to when I started when it's like I've I've experienced this I'm writing it I need to share it now or I won't share it yeah um I feel like there's a lot more now of going, mm. I now feel like um, 
not it is my responsibility but I feel like I want to and it, it yeah. is I feel like it's my responsibility to include things yeah. like signposting to services and stuff in posts Definitely. now if you're in a you've just experienced crisis or a panic attack or, or something yeah well, signposting is the last thing you're going to think about yeah and it's not the purpose of your post <laughs> um yeah. but that's different stages that people are at um but yeah there's lots of things I'm very conscious we've <laughs> we've blasted past oh, I'm so sorry. No, it's, no it's fine it's fine um we've blasted past our time and definitely I think shows there's definitely another conversation that that we should have and kind of come back to that um but it has been it's been really nice to sit down and have a have a chat and I think probably start a conversation we can carry on with another time um but if people do want to find out a little bit more about you Beth, some of the things you've mentioned we've already got some of the signposting earlier but if they want to find out about you where are some of the places that they can go to or to to kind of engage and, and and read some of your stuff sure um so i write a blog um, and it's uh www.justasquarepeg.com uh, be right good if i got that right wouldn't it um and i'm over on instagram um at just a square peg blog Awesome. thank you so much for coming on and sharing your, your lived experience and your journey and your your personal you. insights as well it's been really interesting to hear no thank you so much and i'm so sorry i think the adhd brain took over <laughs> it's only slightly past when we sit <laughs> okay cool i'm time blind it doesn't help oh dear These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. So I told everything and her face dropped. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds. And the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. Sometimes you need somebody to just give you permission to say, you just need a little bit of help. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it. <laughs>